Welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast, where you'll hear right from the source how people like you have been able to buy and build their businesses across different industries all over the country. Dan Claps is the co-founder of Career Transition Leads, Nurture Assist, and Find a Business Online. Christian Dadalak is a franchise consultant with Find a Business Online, and he heads up business development for Career Transition Leads and Nurture Assist. He also runs an independent franchise consulting business, The Franchise Guys. Together, they formed relationships with hundreds of successful business owners who are excited to share their stories with you. Now, here are your hosts, Dan and Christian. Hello, and welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast. On this episode, we'll be talking with Chris Pash, uh, one of the founding partners at LE Mental Health Services. Uh, I'm Dan Claps, one of the founding partner at Find a Business Online. We're a franchise consulting firm with a pretty large team of franchise consultants helping clients every day explore franchise opportunities. And on here with us, we've got Christian Dadalek. How are you, Christian? I'm doing well, man. Excited to be here. Can you give us a quick background on, on yourself? Sure. So, yeah, I'm a senior franchise consultant at Find a Business Online. So, uh, do the franchise consulting thing with you. I had a business development at Nurture Assist, which is social media lead generation for franchisors. And I also do have my own independent franchise consulting practice as well called the Franchise Guys. Nice, nice. And without further ado, Chris, um, really excited for you to join us on our episode here. Um, we've been doing a lot of great placements with our candidates that love your brand. Um, you wanna give a quick introduction? Yeah. Uh... Again, thanks for having me, Chris Pash, Ellie uh, Mental Health. We're an outpatient mental health clinic based in uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul. Uh, just started doing this franchising thing like four months ago. I think the first thing we ever did after uh, we filed the FTD was go directly to Florida with FCC. So that's how that's how new we are in the space. But excited to be here. Excited to talk about Ellie um, and just thanks. Awesome. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty interesting story. I had the opportunity to come to your discovery day. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. And for anyone watching that is not familiar with what a discovery day is, it's the stage in the franchise discovery process where you get to fly out and meet the whole team of a corporate franchise. And I went because we had three really great candidates that were on the way to potentially purchasing an LE and three more had gone the week prior. And I said, I got to go check out what they're doing there. It's, this brand is exploding. Um, but you had told us, uh, you had told a story about how you had looked into franchising and then, uh, you know, ended up pausing that. Could you give us a quick rerun of that? Yeah, happy to. So I mean, Ellie started in 2015, uh, by Aaron and Kyle, two master's level clinicians that wanted to go save the world at a county level, right? Wanted to go do social work at a county and just change the world through the county. I hated it. Right. Like. They liked the work, but it was stagnant. There's a lot of red tape in the government system, a lot of bureaucracy, right? They had a really hard time. And being creative people, they didn't like it, right? So they left. So we're gonna do our own thing and create a great place to work. It's all I care about. I wanna see clients, make money and have fun. So I started LA, uh, we leased an office in St. Paul, <clears throat> it's three offices. Um, and I started seeing clients. Um, and this industry is very much referral based, right? And word of mouth. So as I started to see clients, I started to have some success with those folks. I started to get more referrals. They had brought someone, Faye, uh, as our third employee with them when they started. And as they started to see clients, Faye started talking about the experience she was having at LA and she started to get more employees, right? So we got this, this mashup of clients and employees having a great experience uh, and the brand kind of took off, right? Uh, so we went from three offices in St. Paul to six months later, knocking on the wall and adding six more offices. And you fast forward to today, uh, we have 16 locations now 
uh, corporate-owned locations, and over 300 employees. Right, and so when when it started, there was never really a belief that we would be here. Right, like the concept is um, is tough. We kind of have imposter syndrome sometimes. We talk about the success we're having or what we're doing. Um, but as it started to grow in 2017, uh, I reached out to a friend of mine uh, who works in the space, Trent Alderson, uh, and said, "Hey, man, I think we got something. Like, this might be an option. Can we think about franchising this concept?" He's like, "Oh, you got to talk to got to Nick Sheehan, right? Like, Nick's the man. You got to talk to Nick, and he'll help you get all set up." So I talked to Nick, met with Nick when he was at a previous company. I went down the process of franchising, right? Worked on the FDD, started work on the development, all those things. And then something happened in 2018 where we just paused, right? Just something in the world happened. We said, you know, we're going to take a break from this. Um, we felt really good what we had, but we don't think, looking back, we sure we're selling operationally sound, but we need to take a step back and kind of say, like, let's, let's really start to understand what makes LA special and see if we can document it, right? Because culture is really, really strong, right, at LA. Um, but you can't franchise culture necessarily, right? So I spent a lot of time over the next three years really working hard on documenting the things that made LA special. It was the pay model or the brand, like that physical brand, like I'm wearing LA gear, right? Um, just the way we did things, if you could start to document it to be operationally documented, we'd say, hey, if you have an LA, you can bring your own personal flair to it, your own story about mental health, and here's the operational things that make Ellie Ellie, and you can go go do it, right? So I spent two or three years doing that, uh, mm. and then we kind of had this. We kind of thought we were gonna just do it on our own, right? Like we start to work on operations, like oh, we could do this, like operationally pretty sound. Got a pretty big team. Let's just grow Ellie on our own. We can go national as a corporate mm. cor corporation and just do it. Uh, and we started doing some of that work, and Aaron really quickly realized, or quickly decided that's not that's not Ellie, right? Like we are passionate about LA because we're passionate about the community, right? We live where we work. We're down the street from the office, right? And no one knows more about our community than us. And no one knows more about the community than our clinic directors and their community. And so it would be antithetical or value to say, hey, I know much more about Austin, Texas than someone that lives in Austin or is passionate about the community in Austin, right? Mm -hmm. So it very quickly became like, this is not, that's not who we are, right? As, as a business, uh, so I thought we'd go back down the franchising path to give people that were passionate about their community mental health in their spot an opportunity to be able to do that. Um, so I called Nick and hey man, like, hey Nick, we're all set. Like, I think we're, we're committed to this now. He's like, awesome. Like I'm with Repum Group now, me and Rob Kimbrews and Jason Ryan started this thing. Like, let's do it. That was in, I think December of last year. Uh, and then spent a bunch of time doing FDD and filed in June and here we are. Timing is incredible. It really is, right? I mean, there was a, some things happen for a reason, right? And the, the, the thing that stopped us originally wasn't necessarily us per se, but it allowed us to slow down and take a look at ourselves in the mirror. And I really believe if we would have just gone forward through that, we'd be in a much different spot, right? Like we'd be okay, but we're not nearly as operationally sound as we are. The model's not nearly as built out as it is now. It would have been a much different LE experience uh, than it is today. It's interesting because it sounds like you've gone, I mean, it's a typical path of the entrepreneur, right? I think a lot of people, especially when they're first getting into business, maybe they think, yeah, it's just going to be a straight line, point A to point B, no roadblocks, no obstacles are going to show up. It's all going to be roses and daisies and it's going to be simple, but it sounds like what, you know, your path was filled with twists and turns and detours and all sorts of different things. And ultimately it worked out. Um, but as you were going through all those different stages, I mean, what was going through your head and what were you, what were you really thinking about um, as you were going through the different twists and turns of that initial journey into franchising? 
Well, I think we go through what any business owner goes through, right? There's a lot of a lot of stress and anxiety about the ability to, to deliver on the promise we made to people, right? I mean, um, we have a relatively large employee group now, right? And so there's a lot of pressure as the owner to like be able to provide that experience and provide that income and that stability. We also feel a social responsibility, right, in the space. So mental health uh, across the country, if you were to take a look and try to find an appointment, you're probably like four weeks away from being able to get in, right? There is definitely an access gap. And then we believe there's also in some pockets a quality gap, right? So we felt the responsibility to try to bring this concept of access to quality mental health care to the masses, right? And so every time we got frustrated or tried to get bogged down or thought it was too hard, we kind of just recentered on our belief, right? Build a gap of access to quality mental health care. And then those things start to figure themselves out, right? So a lot of stress and anxiety, but also a lot of fun moments, right? Like there's, there's some moments across the last uh, six years, you're like, holy shit. Like, let's slow down for a minute and kind of enjoy that. So it's been a fun ride for sure. That's tough sometimes, right? As you're growing at, at such a rapid pace and, and, you know, providing the service at scale, you forget to take a moment to, to you know, take stock in that, that accomplishment. Uh, I, know, I know for us, as we, we grow, we, I find that we're spending all the time focused on the, there's always problems, right? And we're, our job is to solve them. But you're right. You got to take a moment and look back. And, you know, that's incredible what you guys have built over six years. Yeah, thanks. We work really hard on um, gratitude, right? Mm. So um, gratitude on a weekly or monthly basis for people for things that aren't exactly like their job, right? Like we have a lot of appreciation people that do their job really well. We also have gratitude people that kind of go above and beyond or do something or say something or kind of bring something to the team that's not necessarily in their wheelhouse. I do something that's really helpful. So gratitude is a big thing for us at Ellie for sure. And that kind of makes a difference for us in keeping um, people centered on doing what we're trying to get accomplished. Yeah. That's interesting. So what I'd like to ask then is, you know, with gratitude, is that something that do you hire people that are naturally grateful or is that something that you feel like you can teach and inculcate in your, in your, in your company culture? Do you know what I mean? Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the clinicians you hire are, are naturally uh, grateful and a little more self-aware just based on their education, their passion, et cetera. But I came from a corporate corporate America, corporate world. And I think you can teach gratitude. If, if you were able to slow down and say, like, stop the work and identify the thing that helps you be able to do your job better. Like what was it and who was it, right? And it just starts really simply, right? Like, hey, Dan helped me do this thing that I wouldn't have got done on time without his help. When it starts to evolve and you pay, if you pay attention to these stories as they go, it goes from something simple like Dan helped me with this project to like a much deeper involved story that helps people on a different level than, than work, right? Something personal or cultural or like grander scale than just a work task. So I think it's teachable for sure. I think it's get people to slow down and realize that you can't do everything by yourself, right? Yeah, people. I think it's so smart that you guys, so you, you, you looked in the franchise and you put the, the kind of the, the brakes in 2018 on it and went back and said, let's organize ourselves as a corporation and with the intentions of potentially expanding across the nation. And so you had to put all those procedures in place, which I know is not fun at all. And it's a time consuming and you're not really, uh, there's no immediate gratification, right? When you're doing that. Um, So you guys structured your business to be run as a corporation, which is um, in my opinion, harder to do than franchising, right? So you had that set up and now you're giving people a playbook to what you had created 
for the corporate structure. So you, you got all your systems really well put together then. Yeah, it worked really hard. Um, EHR process, payroll process, compensation, you know, do a lot of things, um, I think different. Uh, we work really hard on um, employee experience, right? Like we really believe in this world, the, these therapists, these clinicians do really heavy work, right? And really great work. And they have to be in a place where they can enjoy life and have a boundary and be centered to be able to deliver great service, right? So we focus really a lot on the clinician experience, knowing that that outcome in turn provides a great client experience, right? So we do a couple of things really differently at LE than other places. Um, you know, the healthcare system is really divided into two things, right? There's like the private practice world where it's individual people go out and, and do their thing entrepreneurial, entrepreneurially. And then there's large health system, right? And there's benefits of both for all kinds of people. You can do either thing really well. But at LD is try to find the balance of those things, take the best of both things and try to solve the worst part of those things, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, as a private practitioner, if you had your own practice, you control your schedule, you control the kind of clients you see, you have a lot of flexibility in your schedule, a lot of autonomy, right? Really four really cool things. However, you have to find your own clients. You have to negotiate insurance contracts. You have to do all the billing. You have to follow up on all the claims that happen if, if they get denied or whatever. So you have a lot of operational stuff. It gets to be really difficult. If you talk to someone who's in private practice, they might say, I spend a one-to-one -one hour of client work to an hour of admin work, right? Which is a lot, right? And maybe it's a little bit less, but it's still a significant amount of time. And you take this, this other system, this health system-wise, you get a salary, fixed income, right? Uh, your, your schedule's full. You don't have to do any research. You don't have to find anybody. You just have a schedule. The challenge with that is you have no controls on your schedule, right? You just get 34, 36 clients on your schedule a week, and you don't necessarily know from day to day what that's going to look like, right? And you have people that specialize, go to school, do special things, and they might get pigeonholed or get um, cast as someone that only does X, Y, or Z thing, right? So if I have a death and dying specialty or certificate, I might get a lot of death and dying clients. It feels like really, really heavy work. And if I do that 32 hours a week, plus my paperwork makes it close to 40, that's a really tough week for me, right? So the benefit was the salary, the fixed wage, and then the, the kind of challenge was the schedule. Hmm. So at LA, we kind of do both, right? We find clients, we schedule the first client, right? Uh, we give you a mix of base pay and commission. So when you get reimbursed from insurance, you get some percentage of that. So there's uncapped income like over here. Uh, and we allow the clinician to set their schedule. We have something called the LE Match Tool, which is really designed to give our clinicians um, the right kind of clients that they wanna see, right? So they go in and they put in all these preferences. I, I, I'm this kind of license, I see this kind of person, I do this, I have these kind of openings, et cetera. When a client calls into LE, our, our client access team asks a bunch of questions, right? And mm -hmm. tries to get it narrowed down. And then based on what the client says, we go in the LA match tool and find a clinician. So, hey, Dan, you said these three things. Christian's the right person for you. He's got an appointment at two o'clock on Tuesday. Let's get them scheduled, right? And so what that does is allow the client who reached out for help to get scheduled the first time they call as opposed to leaving a message or sending an email. And it gives the clinician the ability to kind of control their schedule. So if I'm that death and dying person and I have six or seven or eight of those, I might go into the LA match tool and say, you know what? I want something different. I'm no, no more of that. My, that, that's full. I want some teenagers or some kids or something else, right? And then I can fill my schedule with that stuff. Right? So now I'm doing all this one thing 
and getting burnt out. And I can kind of mm-hmm. control that schedule. So some things we do much differently uh, from both ends of the spectrum, I think makes a different experience for our employees, which then in turn provides, I think, a great experience for our clients. Yeah, it's almost like the Chick-fil-A model, right? I mean, they say, you know, if, if we at the corporate office and our management, if we take care of our employees, they're going to then go out there and take care of the customer. And it sounds like you almost have two clients. It sounds like obviously the clients themselves, people that are coming in there to get to get help, but also the the clinicians that you're employing. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty compelling offer. And so I guess my question would be, you know, who's your big competition? Who else is out there doing this? Because from, from my knowledge and from Dan's point of view, I mean, we don't really see this in franchising. Uh, so who is your, your competition? Is that like the solo practitioners or, and, and what is like your key differentiator? Because we know that Ellie has a, a very strong key differentiator, but if you could expand on that, that'd be, that'd be helpful. Yeah. I mean, competition exists um, in a lot of ways. There, it's that solo practitioner um, that maybe brings the people on and, and can do some things differently. It's that healthcare system. There's no other real franchising, anyone franchising like like this model is now. There was one company that was doing it, but they were a pure conversion model, right? Converting mm-hmm. clinics into um, into their brand without a lot of, without a lot of pizzazz, right? Like Ellie is really based on a brand, right? Like I, I see a therapist, right? Uh, and I know her name, but I don't know where she works, right? I couldn't tell you the name of her business, right? People know they go to Ellie. I'm going to Ellie. I'm going to go, I see someone to Ellie, right? We have, we have branded clothes. People wear shirts with logos and, and sayings or whatever. You go in our office, it looks like intentionally nice to make sure we kind of destigmatize the concept of mental health and you don't have that that kind of old school model where you have like a, a leather couch and like a, a drop sin with a stain on it, like a buzzing fluorescent light, right? Just kind of like that, kind of like that stigma used to be exists around, around therapy. Um, so we have local, comp- local competition, health systems, prior, practice, prior practices. Um, but for us, the differentiator really is um, the freedom, flexibility and, and the pay model, right? Like there really is the ability to give someone a fixed income with the ability to give them uncapped earning potential, right? Um, so that helps us to attract people. We also offer CEUs or continuing education credits. Uh, so in this field, they're all master's level clinicians, right? So highly educated people um, who have to continue like recertifying or getting credits every year. And so we provide an entire course library um, to our clinicians to be able to get their stuff done in one place, right? And we have a whole bunch of stuff we've recorded. We got a bunch of guests, but we allow people to kind of do things they, uh, to learn something new in their industry at L, right? So don't have to go out and find it, don't have to go do it. They can just do it through us. So we have access to that. And then we have um, access to supervision. So part of our licensure requirement is to have a supervisor. Um, so we have a supervision program that allows them to get some of that work done at LE, right? So the roadblocks of going to find stuff is really big in this industry. And we've kind of taken that out. Uh, I brought it all in house and given the ability to get their supervision, their CEUs. And a flexible pay model for sure is definitely something that's that's powerful. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, you're you're providing them with the best of both worlds, and they're getting the consistency. Um, I know I've said to clients that have asked me any questions about you know the therapist component. So there's there's some people will say, well, what if they leave? And I I've always and you could maybe answer this better than than what I say, but I've always thought is well, then they leave, right? They can they have the freedom to leave whenever they want. It's their choice of course. Um, but Ellie's doing such an incredible job at providing so much value that the retention is so significant. I know for me, I got into the franchise consulting, uh, industry and the firm I started with, um, you know, they were great, but 
you know, they didn't provide me with uh, leads. Leads was what I needed. I, you know, I felt like that was the sure. bloodline of what we did and, and the value wasn't there. Right. And so, you know, you guys are doing all the value and it sounds like and what I've learned about you is you're consistently making improvements too, right? You're making things better and better. Um, but yeah, how would you answer that? If someone says, you know, therapists can leave, um, you know, is that, a, is that a challenge you struggle with at all? No, I mean, it, they can leave and, and they should, right? I mean, there's some, some people that don't think the LA model is for them when they get into it, right? They would be better served in one of those two places. And if that's the best thing for them, that's the best thing for them, right? But we think that the things we provide provide a really great experience, right? So our attention is really low, like it's less than 15% uh, turnover. So we keep people for a long time. We've got a lot of people that are five years, right? Like employed with us for five years um, and longer. Um, but if they leave, they leave, right? And and we're not worried about them taking their clients, right? If the client has a great relationship with their clinician, we want them to, to get help. Right? There's no non-competes in this industry. If you leave and your clients want to go with you, they should, right? Like we are not a non-compete, super competitive. Like I believe this industry is very much relationship-based. And if someone were to go someplace else, we would have a great relationship, we'd have a referral. Now, now we know we could refer someone to that person with other quality, right? You know, we, they, they were at LA, so we feel good about their skills. So we can refer people to them. They would then refer people to us because they know we're talented, right? So it's a really nice, like, homogenous relationship that exists in this industry um, that's not cutthroat or, like, anger or resentment for people leaving. Like, we want people to be happy. Then I, I had one other question I said at the beginning of the, uh, of the call. Like, I think it's one of the most semi-absentee models because you, you can't be in the facility doing the day-to-day -day work. Um, yeah. You know, I think of small business, I think of, you know, turnover and employees and uh, having high level employees like yours, master's degrees or, you know, licenses and, and a clinical director. Um, can you explain that? So like the owner, like our clients are executives, they want to get into business ownership. What is yeah. like the day to day of an LE owner? Boy, I think that depends on a couple of things. One, um, there's always the business component, right? So as a as a non-clinical medical person, they can have zero control over clinical outcomes or influence clinical decisions, right? That is very separate. That's for their clinic director or site leader to manage, all that stuff, right? But they do some of the fun stuff, right? Like if you came from corporate America, that's your thing, like business acumen and financial things are, are things that we get excited about, right? There's just, there's just things that are exciting, right? Um, so you have to be involved with that. And they can teach the clinic director, that leader, all those things, right? So there's an opportunity to, to teach and educate someone that's not in the business to, to do that stuff. And then they're really a brand evangelist, right? Like we really want people to be out in their community talking about Ellie or talking about mental health or both, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's not a ton of day-to-day -day work. It's a lot of evangelism, right? Getting out there and talking about it, trying to reduce the stigma around mental health. And then run the business, right? I mean, it, it, it still is a business, right? It is, a, it is a definitely a for-profit business. The thing I said before, though, is that if this is a passive income opportunity for you, and that's what all you care about is the net, then I don't want you, right? Like, we don't want people that, that aren't interested in actual mental health, right? Um, our discovery days have gotten bigger, um, but we always ask people, like, what their story or connection is, right? So we've always been able to talk in, in these phone calls, or these Zoom calls, or in person or at dinner the night before, like, what's your story, or your, your connection to mental health? And every single person that we have um, granted a franchise to has a connection or a story. Yeah, right? it's, hard. it's not about it's not about not about money. Yeah, it is at some at some point it is, but it's not about.
about that. It's someone that believes that I've spent a career making money or earning money and I put that money and I want to do good. And if I do good with that money, then I will make money, right? And those are the people we found um, to be the best candidates for Ellie, right? Erin um, is very clear on what she's looking for and what she wants. And, and we all agree that someone that's in it for the net at the bottom line is purely is not someone we want. Yeah, you, know, you got to have the heart, right? You know, you someone that's just all about the numbers, you know, you, there, there is a certain degree where hard power does does make sense you know something that's so cold you can't be that cold in a business that requires a degree of warmth so i think that you know having the right kind of candidates important and uh and and figuring out and learning you know whether you're the right fit for the brand and then also you know it's nice to know what the brand thinks is the right fit as well so people that are you know have some kind of connection to mental health um i know we are also brushing up against you know our time here but i did want to ask you know what do you think it takes to be successful as a franchisee within Ellie, you know, what are the key qualities that you think will lead to you being a top performer in your model? Man, I, that's tough because we have, we have zero open, right? I mean, so we're starting, so we don't have any, any, uh, any experience or any like um, real data, but that there's, there's a passion for me. that's really important, right? A passion for the industry that we're in uh, gives people some success. We've got actually had a lot of um, veterans um, become franchisee, which has been very cool. So there's a connection to that. I think three of our franchise, maybe four of our franchisees are, are veterans, which has been a very cool, very cool experience for us. Um, but then people that are driven, right? Like there's, there's people that, maybe if I could put a word on this, but we're new, right? So there's not a like guaranteed playbook here's all the boxes that are built out right um, so for someone that is entrepreneurial or not risk adverse or can really help us like build this thing while we go has been really exciting right when i talk to candidates and say hey, i'm interested in this for these reasons and oh by the way you're not built out which i think is really cool right yeah and we right. think that's cool too right like right. like we're not the smartest people in the room like I, I totally know people are smarter than me in a lot of different ways right and even our candidates today, not in our franchise, our candidates have influenced decisions or things we've talked right. about already with LA because we know that we don't know it, right? So people that are willing to give us feedback and insight that know we're building this thing as we go, those are great candidates, right? So I don't know how you define that word, uh, but passionate people that are driven and have that not worried about it being totally built. You can define that word however you want, but those are kind of the three things that I think are make people successful for sure. Yeah. I just wanted to say real quick, I think that's awesome because one big misconception within franchising is a lot of people, they think super corporate-y and, you know, yeah. our way or the highway, you got to follow our system to a T and it's like a dictatorship model where you, you have to listen to us no matter what, but there are franchises out there like Ellie that they are willing to accept feedback from the franchisees, which I think is really, really special, especially in those early stages. Right. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for the time, Chris. Um, how can, so you know, we, we have a lot of clients that are watching this that are, you know, early in the stages, you know, if you're working with one of our consultants, you know, definitely, you know, ask about Ellie, they can teach you more. Or if you're not working with us, uh, reach out. Our website is www.findabusinessonline.com, which we'll also put up on the, uh, on the screen. Yeah. If you can go check out lamentalhealth.com, uh, just brand new site. So it's got a link to a video. You can see it, take a tour of a clinic. 
you can kind of meet the team and take a look at it. There's a link to franchising on there as well. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Repham Group, uh, who's been our development group, and they've been amazing. So Rob, Nick, Jason, the team, we have Jen, Rachel, and Kelly, a whole bunch of the sales side. They're just, they're amazing. So their info is on the site um, too. They've just been amazing partners. So lamentalhealth.com, check it out. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Chris.